One of the challenges we all have when we're doing any sort of presentation, whether it's to a big audience, whether it's to our colleagues, whether it's to investors, whether it's to clients or even potential clients, maybe in the form of a pitch or something like that, is to be memorable. Because it's so easy, isn't it, for people to sit there, take it all in, disappear, because then they start thinking about something else and they basically forget all about us and our presentation. So I've got a great guest on the show this week who's going to help you make your presentations more memorable. Welcome, everybody. This is the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. My name is Trevor Lee. We are at episode 248. How about that? And we're coming up towards five years as well. So a big thanks to everybody who listens to the podcast. The listenership continues to grow. So I'm ever so grateful for that. If you'd like to leave a review on your podcast app to say that you you appreciate the show and all that sort of stuff, whatever you want to say about it, that would be great because that helps other people find the show as well. So it's a really useful thing. And only you as a listener can do that. And it's a great way also of saying thank you, I suppose, for the content. There we go. So I hope I hope you want to do that. That would be fantastic. Now, another little thing I've got for listeners is I mentioned in last week's episode as well that I've got a series in January and February of four 25-minute webinars. And they're all designed to help you with your business activity, but obviously particularly around presentations and making the most of those and turn them into sales. So if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, which is the 16th of January, you've still got time at the last minute to book onto the one on the 17th of January, which is called Win That Sales Pitch. It's 25 minutes and it'll be exactly that, going to help you do that. And then two weeks after that, it's Be That Confident Presenter. So if you're looking to make the most of your presentations this year, but you're still maybe not as confident as you want to be, We'll deal with that. And then two weeks after that, February the 14th, we've got seven quick sales wins. Now, they're going to be relevant if you're a business owner, you're running a small business, or you're a salesperson and you just want to up your game. And if you pick and choose one or two or even three of those seven, it will make a big difference to you in 2023. And of course, it's going to be tough, isn't it, in 2023, we think? And then finally, at the end of February, presentation flying start. Because this is all about getting your presentation off to that great start. And indeed, in today's episode, we're going to hear about one idea to do that, which is part of making your presentation more memorable as well. So that'd be great. So book onto those. There's a link in the show notes to all of them. Or you can go to my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk and find them there as well. That would be fantastic. Right. So Steve Weinberg is my special guest on the show in this episode. Now, Steve's going to share with you five top tips, five pieces of advice that will help make your presentation more memorable. I'll be putting all the notes in the show notes as well, so you can go there and check the five if you want, and you can go onto YouTube and look at the video version, and there'll be a couple of video clips there as well. Right, let's get over and say hello to Steve. So, Steve, all the way from Chicago, great to have you on the show, my friend. How are you? Nice to be here, Trevor. I'm doing great. Good man. Now, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, Steve? Okay. I recently retired just before the pandemic from a long career in sales where I was a sales manager and a salesperson uh, most recently for a company called Acuity, which is owned by uh, Relics, a British company. And uh, when I retired, I wrote a book called Above Quota Performance, and that's getting some attention right now. Fantastic. Well, that's that's great. Now, 
we're here today because you're going to share with your, you know, your, your vast experience some tips on how to make your presentation more memorable. And I know a lot of our listeners are tuning in because, you know, they need to make their presentations better. And part of that is being more memorable. And I think you sent me some research, didn't you, to say that, uh, you know, from Jack Malcolm. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing. Uh, what Jack Malcolm said was that after, after someone spoke, they went back and checked with the audience. And the next day, right afterwards, people remembered about 50% of what was said. The next day, that dropped to 25%. And then the following week to 10%. So to make to make your presentation or your uh, speech, whatever you're, you're speaking about, more memorable, there are things you need to do. Well, that's a, that's a great point, actually, isn't it? You know, and I think sometimes that we we just assume that you know we if we think we've delivered a great presentation, everybody's remembered it. You know, <laughs> but clearly that research right. says no, and I'm I'm sure a lot of listeners can can go with that. So you've kindly forwarded to me five top tips in advance uh, to help uh, make you know listeners' presentations more memorable. So uh, so why don't we tackle number one, which you said would uh, you you headlined be interesting and short and sweet. Yes. I mean, I think nobody likes long, boring presentations. It reminds me of being in school and being in a lecture hall and and listening to a professor drone on and on, and then I (laughs) quickly fell asleep. And uh, my notes stopped after about 10 or 15 minutes. But a really good example of this is the the Gettysburg Address that was given by Abraham Lincoln in, uh, in 1863. Now, before he gave that address, there was a a man by the name of Edward Everett, who was the dean of the Harvard Business School, or Harvard School, and he spoke to the audience for about two hours. Then Lincoln got up and gave the Gettysburg Address, and it was two minutes long. (laughs) Now, nobody knows who Edward Everett is. Everybody (laughs) knows who Abraham Lincoln is. And... Most of the people in the English-speaking world have, have heard or know of the Gettysburg Address. So those two minutes were much more powerful than the lengthy two-hour speech by a, a famed orator. That's a, so really, that's a great example. That's a great point, Steve. So I, th- is, what, I think what you're saying is here, if you're speaking at an event and there's lots of other speakers, then make, you know, if yours is a lot shorter than theirs and much to the point, then you're going to be memorable just for that, aren't you? Yes, yes, and come to the point. You know, just go right as as Lincoln did. Just can you know go right to the point right immediately. Catch their attention. Now I know when you, when we had you know discussion prior to the recording, you you also said you know get your most interesting, impactful facts or information early on. And I I tend to think that a lot of people don't do that. They kind of they think oh I'll save the best bits till last. But you're saying no, don't do that. Get it get it up front. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I yeah. You want to grab their attention. So, in, in uh, some people call it getting a hook. So you want you want right away. You want to get their attention within minutes of, of beginning to speak. And if you don't get their attention, you may lose them uh, because nowadays everybody's on their smartphone right away, and they're checking their emails. And once they start doing that in your presentation, you've lost them. Yeah. It's interesting that one of the, one of the guests on the show from oh, a couple of years ago now uh, suggested that you leave your first slide on the screen for seventy five seconds, and therefore the audience are focusing on you and not your slides as a way of uh, getting their interest early on. Right. So good idea. 
Now, number two is is your is your is your invention, isn't it? You know, your presentation yes. word meter. <laughs> so, so tell us about that, Steve. Well, this is a this is a, a fictional uh, thing I came up with. I call it the Steve uh, word meter, and it measures. Let's say, let's say theoretically, at the end of a of a speech where where you speak with an audience, if you could count the words that you said, and measure that against the words of an audience in terms of what questions they had and how engaged they were with you. If you spoke more than 50% of the time, then in my opinion, your presentation was poor. So you want to get the audience involved with you. You don't want to be over the 50% mark. Uh, and, and if you're in the 75% or higher, then You've just lectured them. You didn't speak with them, and you and you didn't have a discussion. So the best speeches or presentations you have, are, in my opinion, are discussions. And I, I can, I, I'm sure listeners are thinking, yeah, I, I get all that. I really get all that. Um, and I, and I guess if you if we used your presentation word meter, Steve, we would find that that rarely happens. It does, but that's a, again, that's one way of a speaker going in and understanding that instead of them just talk, talk, talking, they need to stop every now and then and ask questions of the audience if the audience is not already asking questions of them. And they should mention at the beginning that they welcome the interruptions and questions, as opposed to what I've seen many times is somebody saying, well, please hold your questions until the end. And then what happens is the person who does have a good question will hold it, but then they don't listen to you and they don't think of anything else because they yeah. want to remember their question to ask you at the end. Yeah, that's a really good point, Steve. Do you know, I've got a theory about that, and I don't know whether, what you think of this, is that I think that a lot of presenters who are not regular presenters necessarily, you know, they're not doing it every day or something, they tend to want to do the whole thing in one go because... It, it means that there's no interruptions through questions, no distractions, and I th they feel more confident to just, frankly, get it out of the way almost. Do you think that's a bit of an issue on that basis? I do. I, you know, I think that's more, I think that's more practice than not. And I, I find that to be a problem because I know when I'm listening to the speaker, if they tell me to uh, hold the questions to the end, I, you know, I'm totally distracted. Yeah, yeah. And I think also that people, um, I always think that presentations, Steve, are about momentum. And if, if someone's got a burning question, especially if it's a presentation where it's a kind of sales right. pitch, you know, you, you know, 10 minutes later, after you've thought of the question, you know, you've lost that momentum, haven't you? And, you? and it kind of, then it fizzles out a bit. You've not got the same clarity of question almost. Right. The other thing is that you may have touched on something that is really important to someone in the audience or to many members in the audience. Maybe you, you mentioned a feature or something and right away they said, wait a minute, you know, can we do this? Well, that probably is more important than anything else you could say for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. Now, does that work, Steve, if you're presenting at an event, you know, and there's a 500 people in the audience and you've got 15 minutes slot or 20 minutes slot, does it do you think your word your word beta might change its fifty percent then on the basis that you know those big events occasions it's quite rare that there's a lot of audience interaction anyway. Yeah, if you have a, a large mixed audience and one person has a question that really only applies to their company, 
then I would take the question and tell the person that I would meet with them afterwards and discuss it. Yeah, good idea. That's, then, a, that's a great idea. If it idea. was, a, let's say, a heterogeneous audience. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I, I think that's a top idea. That's a top idea. So, listeners, there we go. We've got uh, be interesting and short and sweet at the beginning. And then when, 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 are you, when are you actually going live with this invention of yours that's uh, just – are you going to <laughs> – well, I, I actually have a drawing of it in my book. Oh, so there I you encourage, go. Uh, right, listeners. Look at it. Again, it's, just, it's a hypothetical idea, but it's it's something, and, you know, nobody's going to sit and count words. But the idea of it is to get the, the audience engaged. Great stuff, great stuff. Now, on the list you sent me, Steve, your third piece of advice, your third top tip is that stories help people remember your content. So what's that all about? Well, it's, it's really interesting. Again, if you can tell somebody a story, particularly something that's personal uh, or something that is interesting to them, that is far more uh, relatable to the audience than just lecturing them. And an example, another example to that is us old guys remember a song from the 70s called American Pie by Don McLean, right? Absolutely. Now, yeah. Now, when you hear that song and the words that, that he uses in there, he uses a lot of symbolism. He uses, uh, let's say, some tricks and so forth. What you're doing is you're thinking about what he's saying. And that's really the way you want to work with an audience. If you have to uh, get the, you know, the whole point is to get them to think. And the best way to get them to think is to tell stories. So, like, here's another example. It's Chicago and it's January. Now, I could give you lots of statistics about how cold it is in Chicago in January. Or I could just show you a picture or describe to you a, a blizzard that we had two years ago and what, what happened to me and how I went through it. Now, what do you think would be more interesting to the audience? Just a lecture about temperatures or pictures or or something that actually happened to me. Yeah, so you're telling the story around the around the picture, aren't you? Yeah, great. Exactly. Yeah. And people, most people are visual more than literal. Yeah, absolutely. Interestingly, American Pie, my party piece, has been for about 40 years. <laughs> I can do four verses. Well, I, I can't do the full still six. Playing it for the for the younger generation, they're still playing it, but it's it's a great example of using metaphors and making the audience think. Yeah. Now, just to wrap up that point number three, Steve, about stories. Um, you said in your notes to me that, you know, very often, you know, you can also build a story around describing how a customer is using your product or service successfully. Right. In, in my sales career, I found the best way for me to sell was what I call reference selling. And, you know, everybody explains, you know, when, when a, a company brings in multiple vendors, every vendor's got the best product and it'll do a great job for them. At least that's what they tell them. But if you explain to uh, your prospects or audience how a company with similar problems to them solve their solve their problem by using your product or solution, that becomes a lot more interesting to them. Absolutely, yeah, I get that as well. And do you think that also applies? Just going slightly off a tangent here, that you know, um, I remember someone saying that the best way to use social media to promote your products and services is to show the product 
or you know, particularly the product in action by your customer. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's what I would call a proof statement. Yeah. Great stuff. Now you talked about people are visual, and um, and your your tip number four on the on the five you sent me, Steve, is that you say that more people are visual and that pictures are better than words. So are we talking about slide content here by any chance? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a there's a term called death by PowerPoint, <laughs> yes. and uh, if if you know, I find the best PowerPoints and I, you know, what the companies I work for sometimes would give me 40 or 50 slides to present to somebody. And I would look to them and they'd say, which 10 do you want me to use? And then I would use five. So <laughs> I like that. You know, I like that a lot. Want, you don't want to bore them. And you also don't want to have a lot of content on each slide. So if you had like four or five bullet points and you don't read the content to them, you don't, and I've seen people do this word by word. Mm, I mean, absolutely. You know, that really is, I think it's boring and it's also insulting. Yeah, I'm still amazed. And, you know, one of the one of the reasons for launching this podcast nearly five years ago was one of the big challenges I think I said in episode, early episodes was to rid the world of terrible PowerPoint slides. And most of those are the ones you've just described with loads and loads of words and everybody reads them. I mean, how do you how do you make the transition, Steve, when you're used to having those kind of slides to suddenly going to the other extreme and having you know maybe a few words and a powerful image? You know, is there is there a, is is it as easy as just flicking it over, or do you you know can it be tricky, especially if you're getting you know if you're working in a large organisation and the marketing department are putting your slides together for you? Well, again, the marketing department is trying to come up with something that means everything to all people and it's a general presentation. And I find that those really are not what uh, people wanna see. They don't wanna learn about, you know, when you started, how many customers you have all over the world, who your officers are, what your financial statements are. Those are all things that can be done later on if they decide to select you. What they're more interested in is how can you help them today with their, with their problem, or what information can you provide them that they don't already know? And that's really all you really want to talk about. Absolutely. So what I would use is I'd show one or two slides or three slides and then, you know, just dive right into what their problem is. And in many times, then I would use a whiteboard or, or a, a flip chart and work from that rather than the PowerPoint. Yeah, well, that's a good idea as well. I mean, I, I I advocate also with the people I work with, thinking about you know just using a few props. You know, um, I did a right. I did some work with a guy who uh, who was voted best presentation at his local chamber of commerce, and he did a presentation, and all he used was a, a large cardboard box. He was a courier, and it explained everything. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's no, true. Well, again, um, it's all about getting their attention, and I'm sure that's you know, that worked for him. So listeners, we've got Steve Weinberg with us and Steve is uh, sharing five top tips to make your presentation more memorable. He's talked about being interested and short and sweet at the beginning using the presentation word meter. And in most cases, if the buyer is, uh, you know, speaking a lot less words than you, that's not great. Um, We talked about stories, helping people remember content. And we've just talked about, you know, using pictures and words. So Steve's last point that he sent to me in advance is to make the audience think. Don't spoon feed them everything. So how does this work, Steve? Well, again, using the the story of American Pie, that makes people think. Every time I hear that, 
I think about who's he talking about here? This one is Mick Jagger, this one is Bob Dylan and so forth. Again, there's other ways of doing that. Uh, one, another way of doing it is at the end of your presentation, you could say to them, you know, can you explain to me what I what I uh, spoke with you about today, and see what, and see if they can recap that for you. But again, it's, if we can get into solutioning, what I call solutioning during the meeting, then you've also made them think how can how can my product or solution work in their environment. Yeah, that's really impactful to them. And do you think, Steve, that if the audience are, you know, thinking as you describe it, it is a kind of way of being engaged anyway? They're not actually speaking, but the fact they're thinking right. is engaging them. Right. Again, we want to we want to transition from hearing to listening. Right. Everybody, you know, hearing is just a mechanical thing that words or music or whatever goes in your ear and it you know may not be retained the way to be more memorable is to retain that it, you know what's being spoken about and if we can get them if we can get the audience to think about what we've said or to think about how we they can use what you have to solve the problems then you've really achieved what you want to achieve Fantastic. Steve, this has been great. So I'm going to put uh, all these uh, tips in the show notes for listeners to pick up on. Now, um, a couple of things I want to ask you. For, first of all, um, you mentioned your book, Above Quota Performance. So, um, And I know there's a section in there on mastering your sales presentation. So there it is. There oh, it no. is. <laughs> for those of you watching the video, Steve has just shown off a copy of his book. So um, how do people find your book, Steve? Well, they can find me at steveweinbergsales.com. So that's one word, www.steveweinberg.com. Okay. And I'm there and they can order the book. I have links in my website to Amazon and Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. Great stuff. And, um, and Steve, do you want to just give us a, you know, to finish off, do you want to give us a, a summary of what you actually, you know, what you offer to, you know, if our listeners are thinking, hey, I, I, I'd like to know more about Steve and maybe get him involved with our company or me as an individual. So what, how would you best describe, you know, summing up what you currently offer? Well, what I uh, like to speak about are some of the topics that I have in the book, uh, like uh, overcoming objections and, and how it's not important to do so. I like that. And uh, other topics that I list actually on the website. And I speak about those uh, to companies. I do that in person and, on, and and lately more on Zoom. Great stuff. Now, I know on your website, it says Rent Steve's Brain. So how does that work? Right. <laughs> for, for just a, a measly few thousand dollars a day, I will think for you. Okay, great, great. Okay, because I know there's a little video on there as well. So that's all at Steve Weinberg Sales, all one word, dot com. So Steve, it's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast. So I really appreciate the time, you know, and the and, and the advice that you've given. So on behalf of our listeners, thank you very much indeed. You're welcome, and thank you for having me, Trevor. So there we go. Five great tips from Steve to make your presentation more memorable. Do check out what he's got on his website and, you know, think about having a look at his book as well. All the notes are in there, steveweinbergsales.com. I'll put the link in the show notes and all that sort of stuff. So don't forget those uh, those webinars, those 25 minutes, that's all they are, plus a Q&A if you want to stay and be part of that. 
coming up soon, starting on January the 17th. So if you're listening to this the day after it's come out and beyond, you've kind of missed that one. But then it's the 31st, the 14th of February, the 28th of February. They're all 25 minutes. They're at 4 p.m. GMT. So wherever you are in the world, largely that's going to be okay for you to join. Okay, so it'd be great to see you on those. If you like this podcast, please do leave a review. And if you want to come on this podcast, now, I seem to have tons and tons of people who want to, which means I'm being selective, but that doesn't stop you coming on. And I'm particularly keen to get first-time podcasters on this podcast. I get a lot of people who, you know, have done hundreds of podcasts and all that, but I'm really interested in helping you, if that's you, become a first-time podcaster. So if you've got something interesting to share, those five tips around presentation, sales, combination of the two, whatever, then drop me a note podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk that starts the ball rolling and then I'll send you the outline structure of the show we can we can always have a 15 minute zoom chat as well you know if you want to do that and just get a feel for what the expectation is I mean if you're a regular listener you get a feel I think for how it all works if you are a regular listener thanks for listening and see you next time